0: Hi, folks. This is Steve Adubato. This is the Steve Adubato Leadership Hour with my co-host and colleague, Mary Gamma. How are you doing, Mary?
1: I'm doing great today, Steve. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Again, I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. One of the most enjoyable and gratifying things about the Leadership Hour is talking to innovative, creative, strategic leaders who are always thinking about things out of the box, things other people don't think about. And today is no exception. Uh, We're going to have Bob Garrett who is the uh, CEO of Hackensack Meridian Health, um, a great healthcare organization that I've known and worked with for a long time. Mary, real quick, before we get Bob in the line, let everybody know how they can catch us.
1: Absolutely, there's a variety of places. So first and foremost online, Stand-Deliver.com is our website. We have a tremendous amount of articles up there on leadership, communication, team building, all for free articles. They can learn about your book, Lessons in Leadership, and other books there as well. And as well as on Facebook, they can follow you, Steve Adubato, Ph.D., and that's A-D-U-B-A-T-O, as well as on Twitter, Steve Adubato. And if you're listening to us on AM 970, you could also subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes and Google Play to catch some of the previous podcasts that we've done.
0: Good stuff. So uh, we are pleased to introduce our good friend, Bob Garrett, Chief Executive Officer, Hackensack Meridian Health. Good to talk to you,
2: Bob. Good to talk to you guys, too. Thanks for having me, Steve and Mary.
0: Our pleasure. By the way, Bob, for people who do not know um, what Hackensack Meridian Health is, describe it, the hospitals, the expansion every day. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Steve, thank you. Uh, Yeah, we're 17 hospitals now. We're in about 500 different patient care locations, really spanning much of the state of New Jersey. We have 34,000 team members and about 7,000 doctors that are affiliated. So we've really grown a lot over these past couple years. And it's really been a pleasure to be able to grow and serve a greater number of New Jersey residents. As a matter of fact, two-thirds of all of New Jersey's population is within our primary service area.
0: And before we get into the substance of leadership with Bob, Garrett, Bob, will you please acknowledge, even though the Super Bowl, when this show airs, we're taping it right before the Super Bowl, it will air after, and clearly our team was not in it. Could you please acknowledge your connection to the New York football giants?
2: Sure, you know, um, and, uh, you know, there's a connection that goes back to when I was a child. I was a fan my entire life. But when I had the opportunity to lead Hackensack Meridian, we had the opportunity, the real opportunity to partner with the New York Giants. And, and you know, Steve, partnerships are crucial exactly. no, matter, no matter what space they're in. And in this particular partnership, they've been terrific. So uh, we've been able to, through co-branding, we've been able to put together a new fitness and wellness center. We've been able to raise significant dollars for pediatric cancer research through a program called Tackle Kids Cancer. And Eli Manning, their quarterback, has been Amazing. Amazing. Through his efforts, almost $3 million have been raised already. So it's been a great partnership. And people ask me all the time, they said, you know, did that partnership come about because you've been a lifelong fan of the New York Giants? And my answer is yes. But beyond that, they have been just a tremendous partner, and we're very proud of working with the Giants. And
0: along those lines, let's also disclose a couple things. Our production team was out at the expo. The health expo right bob over at giant stadium with you and your team and a whole bunch of other folks the folks at nbc in new york great folks and and we actually talk to folks from the giants from your your folks and others who are there it is an amazing day where the focus is on health and let me disclose that not only is hackensack meridian health one of the underwriters of our programming on pbs fios and other digital platforms but in all candor i've been doing executive coaching leadership development at Hackensack Meridian Health for physician leaders, others for more than a couple of years. And so I, I know this organization very well and just want to say thank you for that opportunity, Bob.
2: Well, we appreciate your efforts, Stephen. That Health Expo up at the Metal awesome. some of the New York Giants participated. This is a great event because it really does help educate the public about what it means to be healthy some of the tactics, some of the lessons to be learned in terms of fitness and wellness. So we enjoy it because that's a big part of our mission is really not just to take care of sick patients, but to keep our communities and the general population as healthy as possible.
0: So let's do this, Bob. Let's jump into the whole question of leadership. Again, you and I have had a lot of offline conversation about leadership development, coaching and mentoring people, succession planning, um, restructuring your team, mergers, blah, blah, blah. So let's do this. And blah, blah, blah doesn't mean anything not serious. It means we talk about a lot of things. But here's the question. I'm looking at an article on ROI, Return on Information Publication, on the front page. For Hackensack Meridian Health, carrier merger is just a start, a merger with carrier clinic. Why is the merger with carrier clinic, in fact, a leadership question?
2: I believe it's a leadership question because i think partnerships are a big part of leadership so one thing a leader needs to do is to understand his or her organization and understand what they can do on their own and where they need some help and quite frankly you know a big organization like hackensack meridian which does so many great things in so many ways i could not be more proud of our team there are certain key areas where partnerships are really necessary So it really is part of leadership to understand when a partnership is necessary. And in this case, Carrier Clinic, being one of New Jersey's leading behavioral health care providers, and I think the largest in the state, we felt that that type of partnership would really allow us to take a true leadership role in providing behavioral health services. And I think we have some great things planned with the Carrier Clinic where we will lead. As an example, we intend to really integrate behavioral health into our healthcare system. So it will be looked at and viewed and the services will be provided as if it's just another disease entity, whether it's cancer or diabetes or heart disease. It needs to be mainstream because there's still a big stigma when it comes to mental health and behavioral health.
0: Well said, but I'm going to follow up on something else about partnerships, Bob. When Hackensack merged with Meridian, right? So is how many hospitals I'm putting on the spot here. How many hospitals on the Hackensack end? How many hospitals on the Meridian end?
2: Well, you know, it's grown, but the original merger constituted four hospitals on the Hackensack side, and it was at the time seven hospitals on the Meridian side. Now we've grown to 17 since right. the merger. So
0: so here's where I'm getting at. For a leader, how challenging is it to bring together two organizations with different cultures, different styles, different geography into one cohesive, we're all moving the bus, a la Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, in the same direction. Am I making too much of this, Bob?
2: Not at all. You know, a lot of mergers look great on paper. And, you know, this one did as well, because there were some strategic benefits that each of us had going into the merger, such as the fact that Hackensack was nationally recognized for its clinical care. It had a big investment in research and a new school of medicine that was to come. So academics and research were strength. Meridian had this full continuum of care, Steve, that really complemented Hackensack's hospital expertise, because we knew as time went on, more and more care was going to be provided outside the four walls of the hospital. But you know what? It looked good on paper, but at the end of the day, it comes down to culture and cultural integration that really makes the difference. Because even with those complements, if you are not able to unite the two cultures which were different, quite frankly, from one another, if you weren't able to unite those cultures, we would not be successful. Now, truth be told, we're still working on cultural integration. It's an ongoing process.
0: What does it take, Bob? Sorry for interrupting. How have you, because you you went from a co-CEO situation with John Lloyd, you are the CEO now. John Lloyd was on the legacy, if you will, Meridian side. What do you do as a leader, because you're pretty hands-on, What do you do to connect, communicate, and engage folks face-to-face on this and in other ways?
2: So what we do is, first of all, visibility is very important. So I'm out and about. We do rounding on a regular basis where we go to all of our different locations. We talk about culture. We talk about our mission. We talk about our vision. We talk about some of our cultural values. We do virtual town hall meetings, too, because we're spread out to so many campuses, Steve, and to get all 34,000. We do virtual. 34,000 employees? 34,000 team members throughout the state of New Jersey. So, you know, it's huge. And like I said, we're actually in 500 different patient care sites. So practically, you can't get to every site, you know, certainly every month or every other month. So what you try to do is to get the message out to so many different people. So I like to be In person wherever possible, but we use technology like a virtual town hall to get the word out there. We're also going to be having for the first time this year, we're going to have an all-team member event. So over the course of a week, we're going to try to get all thirty-four thousand team members in person to kind of hear the message, to hear about our united culture. Hmm. And you know, people ask all the time, they say, well, how did Hackensack and Meridian unite? What was the common ground that we united on in terms of culture? And it really revolves around one word, and that's innovation. So what we say in our vision is that innovation is in our DNA, and we have really united around this concept of innovation. I strongly believe that healthy companies are ones that are innovative. Healthy cultures are ones that are rooted in Mm. innovation. So that's really been the common factor. And if you looked at the history of both Legacy Hackensack and Legacy Meridian, they both were innovative in their own way. So we really united around the concept that we are a culture of innovation. You're
0: listening to Bob Garrett. He is the CEO of Hackensack Meridian Health. This is Steve Adubato. Uh, This is the Steve Adubato Leadership Hour on AM 970, The Answer, and also our podcast. I'm here with my colleague, Mary Gamba. Bob, I'm going to follow up and make your life more complicated, hopefully in a good way. So you had a background before being the CEO of being an operations person as well. Fair to say? Okay.
2: Chief Operating Officer for many years.
0: Right. So here's where I'm going. When you have an operational background and you know how to, quote, get things done, get the trains moving on time and things moving effectively and efficiently, you're really good on the management operational end. How hard was it and and how do you coach and mentor people who move from the operational side to the CEO side, which is not exactly the same as a COO, Chief Operating Officer? It's a long-winded way of getting to this. How did you develop yourself to be a more, quote, strategic leader, thinker, as opposed to, I'm not going to say just operations, because that's so important, but it is just operations. What's the difference?
2: Yeah, you hit on something really important. Some chief operating officers don't make the leap successfully from COO to CEO, because they're really the people that make the trains run on time, that get it done each day. But I always felt that, in my case, that I had a strategic vision, I always was interested in how healthcare was going in the future. And I was fortunate at, at Hackensack that I did participate in strategy and development of strategic initiatives. So even though my title was chief operating officer, I was allowed to not only develop the vision, but the key strategic priorities over many years. But I think you're absolutely right. There's a definite difference between operations and being a CEO. And fortunately or unfortunately, some people are cut out for it. Some people aren't. I've seen cases where COOs have made great, great leaders and CEOs. Some of them are my mentors out there, but there are others that just haven't been able to make that leap.
0: And real quick on this, Bob, (laughs) <laughs> the other thing is, and again, because I've done some coaching there, you've had to tell some folks who are COOs, I hate to call, they're not number twos, they're just in a different role, but they're convinced because they have been a COO for a certain amount of time, I'm supposed to be the CEO, I'm supposed to be the president, and you've had to have conversations with folks telling them that it ain't going to happen. That's right. Not a fun part of being a leader.
2: It's not a fun part, but it's a necessary part because the worst thing that could happen is that you set somebody up for failure and that just because they're in a position and they're expected to move up and if they're not ready or they don't have the mindset to move up, that's probably the worst thing you could do for them, for you and for the organization. So, I mean, I've seen CEOs come from so many different backgrounds. I mean, today in healthcare, we have physicians, so we have clinical CEOs, we have people who've had nursing backgrounds, we have had people who have had legal backgrounds. So, it's really not about a particular position that you are coming from. It's really about your strategic mindset.
0: Before I let you go, Bob, real quick, the World Economic Forum in Davos, I think you're presenting there. You guys are a part of it. Leaders from all over the world, right?
2: Yes, leaders from all over the world healthcare leaders, other types of leaders, leaders of nations, many of the European nations there presidents or prime ministers will be there. And it's a great opportunity. We have a growing healthcare community there. And we get together, and we talk about various issues. We're going to be talking this year about innovation, mm-hmm. about technology, about partnerships, you know, some of the things that we're doing here at Hackensack Meridian, we're going to be talking about on a global scale. And uh, if you think about some of the healthcare challenges that are out there globally, I think some of the strategies that we've used here at Hackensack Meridian would be very applicable.
0: Absolutely. By the way, real quick, our production company, to tell everyone listening right now, we have a series on innovation called Innovation New Jersey that we're going to be doing and also a series that Bob has participated on and will again on the future of healthcare. Bob, before I let you go, Mary and I talk an awful lot about how great leaders often need to find ways to physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually take care of themselves. I happen to know because you and I talk about this a lot, I don't want to belabor it, but exercise is a huge part of your life, correct?
2: It is. It's kind of sacrosanct. I just want to make sure that I get my workouts in. I have a personal trainer, really for the purpose of keeping me focused on it. And I think it's all about the mind, body, and spirit. And I think exercise can really bring out the best of people in every which way. So I certainly subscribe to it. And I recommend it as a leadership tool to stay healthy and to be as sharp as possible.
0: That's Bob Garrett, Chief Executive Officer of Hackensack Meridian Health. He bleeds giant blue, if you will, (laughs) and is always hopeful about next year. (laughs) We will have to wait and see. And, uh, Bob, I want to thank you for joining Mary and I on the Leadership Hour on AM 970, The Answer, and also on our podcast. Thank you, Bob. Talk soon.
2: Thank you for having me. Take care, you guys. All the best. Thanks,
0: Bob. Let's, Brian, can we go to a quick break? Sure, absolutely. Quick break and come right back right after that.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: This edition of the Steve Adubato Leadership Hour has been made possible by New Jersey Resources. Welcome back to the Leadership Hour. Steve Adubato here with my colleague, Mary Gamba. We were just listening to Bob Garrett talking about leadership, talking about mergers, partnerships, collaboration. So let's pick up on this theme, Mary. We partner. Our organization partners. Actually, yeah, the irony is we're, we're here in the studio with Brian Brodeur and his team. We partner with Brian. Mm-hmm. Let's stay on that. Okay, we partner with other media organizations. Uh, we're partners with NJTV. Yeah,
3: print, we're partners television, with PBS. radio, yeah, we're par-
0: all kinds of partners. Uh, digital partners, print partners, all kinds of partners. Right? Yeah. Be strategic here. Right. Part of the reason we partner, as, as Bob Garrett said, is because. We know we can't do that thing ourselves. We could, couldn't do it as well as someone else who does that thing better. So on paper makes sense. But what I'm curious about is what about all those people who may think it makes sense to partner, but then they partner and they want to have all the control?
1: That is the rub. I mean, with partnerships, it is there's strength in numbers, right? Um, there's a reason why, as human beings, we get married and we choose to have families and we keep our families in our orbit, because if you have a support system in anything you do, it will help you to be stronger if done correctly. The challenge, as you just said, though, is if you partner with someone else, there is that fear of many leaders, including myself, and I know you and I have spoken about this a lot, of losing control, of not being... Number one, not micromanaging the process, knowing where you you do need to let go, and knowing what you know, but frankly, knowing what you don't know. But
0: how do I know what I don't know if I don't know it?
1: Exactly. But that's where the challenge comes in. But as a great leader, president, CEO, COO, you need to be able to know and be objective enough to step back and say, hey, I know of this great, again, use a real-life example, Brian, who's with us here today in the studio, We have a need. We need to be doing something better, whatever the blank, fill in the blank is. And how can we partner to do things in a more efficient fashion? And and
0: by the way, it's a perfect segue because this podcast itself, Mm -hmm. and Brian and his team. By the way, plug your team, Brian. Well, here we are at East Main Media in Little Falls, New Jersey. Incredible team here.
4: Operations manager, Kayla. We have Dave, our editor, JP in the audio room, Mm -hmm. Steve Sutton, head of our captioning and archive division. Great team. Okay, so.
0: Not only does uh, East and Brian's team handle just about all of our production on the broadcast side, the editing side, the digital, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but this podcast, mm-hmm. like we're partnering with AM970 yes. in New York, the radio station. You know, Jerry Crowley, our good friend, the general manager, they were like, well, we have an idea for leadership. Show. Okay, fine. We could have sat in a conference room in our office and put a podcast together We could have, but would the audio be as good? Would the quality be as good? Would the production be as good? Would the editing be as good? So we have to partner with Brian. So, yes, do we control the editorial, but we have to trust. uh, It's a long-winded way of Mm -hmm. saying a lot of this is about trust, is it not, Brian? Absolutely. I mean, from our perspective,
4: we want to make this process something that you're comfortable about and how we interpret that is to have you not worry. So you can do what you need to do to make great content and we
0: have to deliver it at a very high quality level. But, but mm, it, it, okay, in this case, mm-hmm. it seems pretty clear cut. But when, when Bob Garrett was talking about two healthcare organizations yeah. partnering, right? Merging, partner, whatever it is. Who controls
1: is huge. It is. And again, any great partnership. of excuse me, ego is a part of this? Oh, a tremendous part of it. And and even just, as you had said, prior to literally just recently, uh, Bob Garrett, who we just had on, was a co-CEO. Yes. So think about that. There, There's two. So <laughs> if you disagree, then you do have to have a system in place of deal breaker, like someone that's going to come in and be that mediator. So that's often when a board will come in, maybe you have a chairman of the board or whomever or whomever that person. Or if they may don't, be. what
0: happens? I
1: know then, but I think that's when um, partnerships fail. Frankly, if, if, even if you, if it takes two, right, if you have your co-CEOs, you need to be able to step back and say, there are going to be times that we disagree. So to be the best leaders that we can be, we need to proactively get that third party, that mediator, that – because if not, what are you going to do, rock, paper, scissors to, you know, determine, all right, are we yeah. going to merge with this hospital or that hospital? It's so
0: interesting. And, and partnerships, we – from a leadership perspective because this is a leadership show, we often say – think about partnerships in terms of corporate partnerships, business partnerships, collaborations. I get it. But I don't want to turn this into a program on marriage. But I, But I will say as a partnership, my wife Jennifer said to me – I said something about uh, uh, decisions being made. And um, I forget how I said it, but I said, Jen, I would like to handle such and such. I said, I'm going to handle such and such Mm -hmm. with our boys. We have two teenage boys. And she said, well, okay." Um, And I said, well, because you handle so many things. And And she literally said, and I don't know if it was a question of semantics, she said, well, I let you handle a lot of things. And I said, I'm sorry. And I literally reacted to that. And I don't yeah. want to turn this into a thing about that. But she I said, you let me handle those things? Meaning, mm-hmm. in my mind, our partnership mm-hmm. is based on the fact that each of us, which is the same as any other kind of partnership, is better at something than the other person is. But sometimes in my mind, if I'm better and I'm handling that, I'm not that interested in in your opinion about this, or I may make believe I am, but in the end, that's my turf because I'm better. Help me, Mary.
1: Wow, you just opened up that box. But it's true. It's true. (laughs) It is true.
0: We could play the game that, of course, I respect your opinion, Mm
1: -hmm. but I am better
0: at this, and you are better at way more things. So let's just leave each other alone and do our things. The problem is it doesn't work that way because each person, whether it's a corporation, individual, marriage, merger, whatever it is, People have opinions.
1: Yeah, as do the children that you're talking about as well that are now. You listen to them too? You kind of do cuz they're <laughs> going to be adults, young adults and your part children of the partnership. are partnership and, sure, when they're two, three, four years old, you really get to dictate who they're going to play with and How what activities the 14, they're going to do. You know. Yeah, that's when you do need to, and again, it's a partnership, and it's a give and take, and it's a negotiation. And, as you said, it's, it was a matter of semantics, I'm sure. I mean, not to go back to that, but when, you know, Jen no, she said, did say that but that, I, I like it you... But
0: it triggered in me, like,
1: yeah. hey, wait a minute. Oh, well, thanks for letting me do some certain things in the household, But right? is it,
0: it's not as clean cut as you take that turf, I'll take the in a partnership. Right. You handle this, we'll handle that, because there there a lot of gray areas?
1: There's more, probably more gray areas than are cut and dry. And and I think with every partnership, there's going to be – and again, especially in a marriage, you're not going to have a list on a blackboard of all the specific tasks or activities. Are you co-CEOs? Um, but you are co-CEOs. Are you and co- it's- as
0: parents you- – as you husband, better, wife, you, father, you, and your mm-hmm. co-CEOs.
1: I have more friends now that are divorced or getting divorced or separated. Found out about one Saturday. I was like, oh, you know, where's your husband? She's like, oh, ex-husband? I was like, what? Really? So, yeah. And I guess, again, age, you know, I, my husband and I, Bill and I, will be married 20 years in June. So I think you get to a point around now where – wait a second, you know, you were so focused on the kids for so many years, so you made it work, or, yeah, you know, you stayed in it for the kids is, you know, what I'm hearing some of my friends and, you know, people that I know in my orbit, and it's fascinating.
0: But do you know, for some of these folks, going back to the leadership thing, mm-hmm. is it that, I don't really want to be co-CEO with you anymore? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and maybe, maybe because of that, maybe because from the beginning, those parameters weren't as clearly delineated as they probably should have been in that marriage of for better or for worse, for, you know, all of those wonderful but things. But is marriage, that said, excuse me for
0: interrupting, is marriage, by the way, Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba, Brian Brodeau talking about marriage relationships uh, and other things. Yeah. But is that marriage co-CEO situation a metaphor for any partnership? Is that a question for me, Steve?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> is my wife listening? Yeah. Um, well, I boiled down the overlap to relationships, right? And whether it's a business relationship and, and there are politics in that. and Trust and me,
0: there's politics in marriage, too.
4: In <laughs> everything. Yeah, well, that's my point, right? That's my point. But you have to manage the relationship and cultivate it and, and listen and be aware. And it's, it's an organic thing.
1: Wow, oh, And uh, I would like to share one of your really great tools that I use. Well, it
0: has got to be one after 20 years plus. This is
1: definitely one <laughs> of the, the greatest tools that I've used. And I, I've heard from your clients, our clients, that this has helped them as well. At
0: Stand and Deliver. Stand-deliver.com. Stand-deliver.com.
1: The Hub and Spokes. So we've talked about it. So uh, if you can visualize as you're listening, there is, is that, a Can we hub. do a, a bicycle wheel? It's a bicycle wheel. And in the center is you. And then all the spokes that are coming off of it, you could fill in the blanks if it's for work. It's all the people in your orbit. Maybe it's your clients, your customers. If you're in sales, it's your board. But numbers. you have to name them.
0: You can't just say your board, bored, there Exactly. Staff. You have and to then, name them as individuals. Right,
1: and then you break it down. And then you don't just have this nice chart. You actually make sure that you're connecting, that you are, we all say that you're just reaching out to. And how are you engaging that person or, or group? Um, so let's use a real life example. Like we were just saying, if we were to go back to the partnerships, so Brian and his team at East May Media is—they're a
0: huge spoke of ours in our hub and spokes. spoke. And
1: say if you know, luckily we always have great new initiatives going on. And speaking of innovation, we always have new projects. But say if you didn't say one of those partners, maybe you just use them a couple times a year for specific projects. Every
0: relationship is different.
1: Every relationship is different, but every relationship needs to be nurtured. Every relationship needs—you need to press pause and say. What was the last, When was the last time I touched base with that client? And what was oh, the quality of that contact, what was the quality in that relationship? And, and, and different people want different hugging, as it's we like say. It's like, leave me alone. I yeah. don't really want you to bother me. Exactly. So you need to manage all of that, and that's part of being a great leader. So that is one practical tool for anyone listening that I think is just a, a great visual.
5: And
0: you know what's so interesting about this? Um, and I don't want to turn this into a thing about marriage and divorce and blah, blah, blah. I've been saying blah, blah, blah a lot when I can't think of something else. Yeah. So do um, you ever hear people say when they got divorced that they felt the other person wasn't recognizing them enough?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't in, They didn't say engaging them enough, mm-hmm. but they didn't feel connected. And I, that's what that is.
1: It really is. It's a, a blind
0: it spot that stays blind for too long and... Mm-hmm too meaningful a way. And then right. sometimes you just can't turn around. Hey, listen, could you forget the last five years? I'd like to go back and try this again.
1: Mm-hmm. And that happens in business, business partners, if you will. Yes. And and again, I mean, obviously, we just had on Bob Garrett and talking about how many thousand employees, 36,000? 30, 34,000, 30,
0: something like that. Tons and tons and tons, 000.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, but on a smaller, I mean, there's tons of entrepreneurs and, and uh, young adults and, uh, or, or people who are looking to rebrand and, and really recreate themselves, say, oh, I'm going to partner with you. I think we have a lot in common, only to find out too much time goes by without checking back in with that partner and making sure that their vision is the same and, and that they're really going in the same direction.
0: And that's what, that, excuse me for interrupting me, but that's what the hub and spokes model is you and the hub, mm-hmm. the spokes are the different relationships. And I actually advocate when we're coaching people to actually physically have that chart. Someone says, well, like, I have it on my computer. Well, you may have it on your computer or you may have it on your iPhone, or you may have it somewhere, but I'm old school in this sense. I say, print it out, put it somewhere that you can see it, mark it up. Put the date the last time you talked to Brian. Put put the initiative you have to talk to him or her about. Um, is there a problem or a situation? Mark it. Write it down. And Sometimes set you... deadlines.
1: Set, set deadlines. D- Don't just say, oh, I need to reach out. No, buy. Because if not, each day rolls into the next day. And, and what happens
0: it in... goes past a certain point, and that person, the, the, the hub and sp- the spoke, mm-hmm. just ain't interested anymore. Yeah. You missed that opportunity. Exactly. Because you weren't strategic, Mm -hmm. you weren't proactive, you weren't assertive, you got too many other things. People say, oh, Steve, you talk about leadership and relationship building. I don't have time to be involved in relationship building and partnerships. I'm too busy. Ready for this? Running the company. (laughs) Mm
6: Mm-hmm.
1: It's reaching out, and we do it all the time. Uh, you reach out to someone if you see that they were mentioned in an article or, uh, you know, here in New Jersey, there's tons of lists, right? There's a list of the best innovators, the best people under 40, the best people under 50, and uh, the best women leaders. And But what we do is we take that opportunity to say, hey, Joan, I saw that you were nominated as a top 10, you know, up-and-coming executive women. Congratulations. Why is that
0: leaders Someone listening right now in the Leadership Hour is saying, you're talking about marketing. You're talking about public relations. You're talking about schmoozing. That's not leadership.
1: But it is. It is. It's all leadership. It is. It really is.
0: Because leadership—Mary's tired of this after almost 20 years—it's about connecting the dots.
1: It is, and I'm not tired of it. What I,
0: dots I, are we talking about well, again? I,
1: we, what? I know we use a lot of these terminologies into the weeds, connecting the dots, and um, the bus. Well, in terms analogy. of rela- in
0: terms of relationships, partnerships, mm-hmm. what does connecting the dots mean? It,
1: it's seeing the bigger picture and not just seeing in a vacuum that this person was recognized in an article, or you ran into someone that knew someone else, and you. That's just,
0: episodic, and, and right, but that's, right. But that's not. But it's strategic. Seems,
1: exactly. And being strategic means making sure that, yeah, yeah, you know, episodically, if these things are happening, that's fantastic. But you need to have a strategic way of connecting with others because if not, too much time is going to go by and you're going to miss a lot of opportunities.
0: And the same thing is true, by the way, in all seriousness in marriage. If you don't have a strategy. Oh, yeah. If you go, oh, I take it day by day. Yeah, I understand. We're all taking it day by day. But if you don't have an overall approach, philosophy, mm-hmm. strategy that says – this partnership matters a great deal to me, and I will screw up. And when I do, my strategy is to quickly try to own it. Yeah. Right? As opposed to I'll take every situation, and and I'm going to fight and defend my – well, you know, mm-hmm. that partnership ain't going to be all that strong. Right. Um, I'm sorry for, for going into this whole area, but that – again, I've repeated myself a hundred times. The Leadership Hour is not simply about corporate – management and leadership. It is about leadership in every aspect of our life, leading in personal, in our personal lives, leading ourselves in terms of taking care of ourselves and being the best we can be. It's about leadership as life. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, listen, I want to thank you, Mary, and also Brian, uh, for being part of the conversation, both off the air and on. Mary, anything you want to say before we, we say goodbye?
1: Yeah, no, goodbye. This has been another great episode.
0: That's it, I got nothing else to say. Catch you next time in the Leadership Hour. This is Steve Adubato, thanks.
1: This is Mary Gamba, stay tuned. We'll be right back with State of Affairs with Steve Adubato, where we look at the most pressing issues facing the state of New Jersey.
0: This edition of the Steve Adubato Leadership Hour has been made possible by
5: New Jersey Resources. Hi, I'm Dr. Ali Hushman. Rowan University is committed to educating the public about the importance of higher education in our state and region. That's why we are proud to support the important programming produced by the Caucus Educational Corporation.
3: State of Affairs with Steve Adubato is brought to you from the Agnes Varis NJTV Studio at Two Gateway. Funding has been provided by Rowan University, Educating New Jersey leaders, partnering with New Jersey businesses, transforming New Jersey's future. Choose New Jersey. Our mission is attracting companies to the Garden State. Delta Dental of New Jersey. Everyone deserves a healthy smile. University Hospital, Newark, New Jersey. NJM Insurance Group. New Jersey Resources. And by Verizon. Promotional support provided by Insider NJ and by Commerce and Industry Association of New Jersey.
0: Welcome to State of Affairs. I'm Steve Adubato. We are, in fact, coming to you from the Agnes Varis NJ-TV studio in Newark, New Jersey. It is my pleasure to introduce uh, Rabbi Clifford Colwin, spiritual Leader of Temple Benay Abraham, in Livingston, New Jersey. Good to see you, Rabbi. You know, we're doing this program uh, toward the back end of 2018, I'll repeat after that. The, um, a recent study by the uh, Anti-Defamation League shown that showed that, in fact, incidents, anti-Semitic incidents, have risen over 60% in just the last few years because?
6: Because. Well, first of all, there's not common there's not consensus that those figures are necessarily accurate what do you think i think that there is probably perhaps a small rise in such incidents but what there is which i think is even more serious is that there is a much greater uh sense that it is acceptable to be loudly anti-semitic and to see the kind of displays Mm -hmm. that we saw in virginia some time back And my personal opinion is that the fellow who committed the atrocity in Pittsburgh just a short while ago actually felt somewhat emboldened by the comments that have come from above that made him realize that this was the voice of the president. The voice of the president? I believe that. A direct
0: correlation in your mind between President Trump's words and the rise in anti-Semitic actions and or rhetoric?
6: A direct correlation? No. But I think it's a contributing factor and I'll explain why. Um, First of all, I don't think the president is anti-Semitic at all. I think that would be difficult given that he's got His son-in-law and his daughter
0: are Jewish. Precisely. His daughter converted.
6: Precisely. But I do think that his style of rhetoric and the base that he pays a great deal of attention to riling up is a style of rhetoric that leads to violent statements being made, uh, violent uh, imagery being acceptable. And to me, the crowning example of that was during that march in Virginia, in Charlottesville, Virginia. What
0: were they shouting?
6: Blood and soil, Jews will not replace us, which was actually taken from a specific uh, mantra that was uttered by the Nazis. and... Soil Soil, Jews will not replace us. And this
0: was a group of white supremacists who were marching in Charlottesville. And the president, when he spoke about that incident and others, said, quote, there are good people
6: on both sides. Correct. Your reaction to that? It's a reprehensible thing to say. And I don't, uh, I'll be charitable, I don't think he was thinking at the time what he was saying. I think it was a difficult situation. Did he take it back? I don't believe so. But if I were one of those white supremacists, and that was what the president would say, said, I would feel empowered by those words. To do what? To be even louder and to be even more active and more vocal. And in the case of somebody who might have been a bit unhinged to begin with, as was the case in Pittsburgh, to feel that it was acceptable to go ahead and commit the act that he did. Is
0: that a responsibility of a public official, even the president of the United States, to leave their free world, to be aware that there are some people that are so unstable that are listening to certain things and interpret them a certain way and could potentially act in a violent fashion. Is that his or her responsibility as an elected official?
6: I don't think so, but it is their responsibility as an elected official to speak in measured ways because they cannot know the impact that their words will have. Look at it like this. Um, I know that you're a parent, as am I. We never cease to be amazed by words that we think were uttered offhand when our children were young years later they will say to us you know dad when you said xyz in a similar fashion i don't think somebody in what is effectively not effectively the most powerful position in the world can have any sense of the impact that his words can't have and he must speak in a guarded measured way
0: the group of students who were on the front steps um, that had their hands baraboo wisconsin i don't don't want to put my hand up sorry for even doing that Where was it? Baraboo,
6: Wisconsin, which is famous because Baraboo, Wisconsin, was the summer home of the Ringling Brothers Circus. Piece of trivia, I happen to know. See
0: those young men with a Nazi salute Mm -hmm. that wound up on the internet. You see that? You think
6: what? I see that. I feel sick. And I see that, and I believe that was a photo that was not taken all that long ago. No, it was not. And I cannot, again, help but think that part of the reason they felt emboldened that that was an acceptable thing to do was because kind of the rhetoric coming from above, which is, in general, excessive rhetoric. Is it's the president supposed rhetoric. to
0: condemn that publicly? And by the way, as we do this, unless I'm wrong on that, he has not condemned that act. Is he responsible? Should he be, and every public official, condemn that?
6: I would like to if think If they so, do yes. not, what are they saying? In Judaism, we have a, a concept that if you have an opportunity to correct a wrong and you don't, you are as guilty as if you had committed the wrong yourself. Now, in all fairness, the president is a busy guy. There may be a lot of such incidents. I don't know about a particular yeah, one. you can't expect... However, to be in general to be right. and as a concept, yes. You can't expect the president to be tweeting about
0: things that are not significant. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> should not have said that. But let me ask you this. The question now, as we move forward, is what is it that we should be teaching our children? Say children who happen not to be Jewish, mm-hmm. our children are not. If someone says, well, those are Jewish kids, those aren't, you know, that's not us. Tell folks the whole, that the, the whole, I'm gonna get it wrong, you know, when the Nazis came, and you know, like people were expecting it was some, well, it wasn't me, right. it was them. That still resonates for me right now. I'm gonna get it wrong, so I'm gonna to turn to you, Rabbi, to get it right. Well, I,
6: The... Nice. Actually, the quote was by a, a Christian minister at the time. I was silent when, I was silent when, and when, I, when they came for me, nobody was there to say anything. Was he but not saying what,
0: anything because it wasn't him? He didn't say anything because it wasn't him,
6: <laughs> and then so there was, was nobody late. to speak up for him. Yeah, but you ask, you ask what we, we do. Yes. I think an outstanding example. My synagogue is located in Livingston. A member of my congregation who's been a history teacher there for many years, Jill Tejeda, created a course called history, uh, Holocaust and Genocide. And in this year-long course, which is only taken, I believe, by seniors, maybe juniors and seniors, they study the Holocaust, but then they also study other acts of genocidal atrocities. Mm-hmm. They learn about Pol Pot. Uh, they learn about um, Uganda. Uh, they learn about Rwanda, excuse me. Genocide. And genocide. And so they use the Holocaust as a way of learning both about the Holocaust, but as a way of learning about genocide in general, which to me is wonderful because you're not taking the particular experience and leaving it there, but you're taking the particular experience that Jews have experienced and universalizing it.
0: Uh, religion matters, which is in fact why our colleagues here at NJTV have been trying to have a series of conversations with religious leaders about the role of religion in society. Um, Rabbi, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll continue the conversation. Thank you. All the best to you and your congregation. We'll okay. be back right after this on State of Affairs.
3: To see more State of Affairs with Steve Adubato programs, visit us online at stateofaffairsnj.org. If you would like to express an opinion, email us at info at caucusnj.org. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PhD. And follow us on Twitter at Steve Audubato.
0: We're pleased to be joined by someone who's been a longtime friend of the show. He's uh, Senator Bob Singer from the 30th Legislative District, which is where, Senator? Ocean in Monmouth County. No, I have a summer place we hang out in Lavalette. Is that yours? No, but close to it. Because if I have an issue, I can't call you? No, you can't. Well, you can call me anyway. You know that. (laughs) Senator Singer, let's talk about uh, a whole range of issues. Number one, fiscal policy in the state. Uh, Senate President Steve Sweeney gets a group together to look at expenses in the state, reduces, need to reduce costs. Where is he right and where is he wrong? Well, he's right on the
7: money. We've got to talk about health care for all government employees. We're going broke. We've got to talk about pension for government employees, we're going broke. We've got to talk about municipalities just spending too much money because of duplication of services from both the county level and the local level. He is 100% right. The problem is no one wants to talk about it.
0: But Senator, you excuse me, respectfully, you're a Republican, he's a Democrat. Um, you, you're saying you're agreeing across the board. Why isn't there bipartisan cooperation across the board just to get some of these things done?
7: Well, first of all, there is to some extent, but in his own party's got problems. You know, the governor is aligned with the unions. The unions don't want to talk about this. Some of, the, some of these fellow Excuse Democrats me, me. Is
0: that fair to say, we just were interviewing the folks at the NJA. They happen to be one of the underwriters of what we do. And they said, listen, we gave back in 2011. We sacrificed. There was health and health uh, reform, health care reform in terms of our health benefits. There was pension reform. We gave then. Uh, we're willing to talk. You say that they don't really want to do it. And then also the Communication Workers of America. Are you saying they really don't want to do this?
7: They don't want to tell the troops that there's a problem. So, by saying, we really did our bit, we did everything we had to do, it's okay. It's not okay. We are going broke. And everyone keeps thinking, no matter what happens, they're still going to get their health care, they're still going to get their pension. If the state goes broke, they won't. Sweeney wants to fix it now. And I don't agree with all the way he may want to do it. But one thing he's talking about that is absolutely very, very true. We have the Platinum Health Plan for our state employees. What
0: does that mean? A really good one?
7: The best of the best. You don't have it. (laughs) No, I do not. You do not have it. And I'm telling you, you couldn't afford it. And he's saying, if we just went down to the gold standard, we could save a gazillion dollars. Why won't you look at it? And no one wants to talk about it. So how wrong is he? He's not wrong. The problem is, they don't want to go back to the troops and say, by the way, we're not having the platinum plan anymore, we have the gold plan. And that's the truth of it is. We have to be realistic. The state of New Jersey is giving a plan that no private industry can afford, period.
0: Let me try this. You've you've talked a lot about um, the opioid crisis. Again, you represent Ocean County. Why is it that there seems, Senator, to be a lot of discussion about the, the seriousness of the opioid crisis in Ocean County, as if it's somehow worse there? Is it?
7: Second most deaths in the state of New Jersey, Essex was number one, we're number two. Part of it has to do with the shore region. People come down the shore from all over the state, from out of state, and again, they think they want to have a good time and end up having time with, unfortunately, the opioids and other issues. So we had a lot of deaths last year. Second in the state, it is a major problem down the shore, a major problem in Ocean County. What should we do? A lot of things. First of all, we should not legalize marijuana. Not? Not, no.
0: How do you, respectfully, Senator, how do you correlate the legalization of marijuana with the opioid crisis?
7: Look, drugs are drugs. We're telling everybody you can have a drug, it's okay. I have a bill in with, with Ron Rice to decriminalize it.
0: Senator Ron Rice represents Newark?
7: Yes, he does. We shared the bill. It says, you say decriminalize r- it. Right.
0: Why decriminalize it and not make it legal? What's the difference?
7: Big difference. First of all, someone <laughs> having uh, two joints in his car gets stopped, gets arrested, goes to jail, has a record. Why? That's really affecting the minority population. Anybody else like that? It's not fair. Someone having small amounts, it's not fair to arrest and give him a ticket. We're not arguing that. Legalizing is something different. Now you're saying it's okay to do it. Let's think about what we're talking about. Zero tolerance. I run an authority, an MUA, water and sewer company. What happens if someone uses it? Is that the municipal,
0: municipal utility authority? authority right, okay. sewer
7: and water company. Someone, we have zero tolerance. Somebody uses it uh, that weekend, comes in, gets a drug test positive, he's fired. You work in a hospital. You want your doctor to light up before he does a surgery on you? You want your nurse that takes care of you to do that? What about truck drivers? What about police? What about emergency services? There are many, many pitfalls when you start legalizing marijuana, because remember, it stays in your system a long time. That's one thing. Second, what, are we, what message are we sending to young people? There's one quick, quick thing that I want to just share with you about something. Someone told me from Baltimore and, and the Maryland area and down in Washington, D.C. about it. They said, you know, when you walk out of my house, the first store you hit is a liquor store. Now, that's very, very true in minority areas. Where do you think they're going to put the uh, marijuana store?
0: Where do you think?
7: Right next to the liquor store. It's out selling liquor in Colorado. So, again, which population be affected the most? Minority population when you legalize it. And second, what about young people? You can know, have one across from Seton Hall University. I think it's just a bad message. You said across the board you don't like it. I, don't, I like but I supported medical marijuana. I voted for it, and, and I had no problem. News. But not recreational use. But
0: not recreational use. Steve Adubato here talking with Senator Robert Singer, who's been in the legislature a few years? 28. 28. Uh, that matters, because you want also understand the transportation situation in the state. You serve on that committee. Yes, I do. Where are we with the gateway tunnel, which would help folks back and forth to New York City and New Jersey? Where are we with that? Number one, we have to have the gateway tunnel. Have to?
7: We have to, because you can put all the roads in, you, uh, all the rail tracks you want to put in. If you don't have another tunnel going in, it doesn't help anything. And that's really a real problem. So why is the
0: Trump administration not helping this? Foolish.
7: we got to tell them they have to help us. Um, you know, I'm a full supporter of that. Unfortunately, we only have one Republican congressman now, Chris Smith, but at the end of the day, we have to push it, make sure it's a priority. Make Senator, sure I'm make sorry for interrupting,
0: Senator. What does having one Republican in the congressional delegation on the House side have to do with whether President Trump, who's from this region originally, whether he supports or doesn't support the idea of a gateway tunnel because it's, it's a massive part of the U.S. economy, am I right?
7: Steve. It makes no sense. Look, we realize one thing. Both New York and, and New Jersey are not Republican states. For some reason, we're getting the short end of the stick here. Does that we also ha-
0: include the, the state and local deduction issue of only capping your property and state taxes? State income tax at $10,000, which is a lot more in New Jersey. Is this, you think that's because of politics and we're a blue state?
7: I think they gave away because we're a blue state. It didn't affect anything. It's wrong. That's wrong. And certainly not helping the, the, the tunnel is wrong. I support it 100%. And, by the way, if asked, I'd go to Washington to, to, to plead for it. We desperately need that. Look, there's no question about it. Transportation is a troublesome area in New Jersey. We've got to put a lot of money in our infrastructure. Hopefully, when the federal government comes up with an infrastructure program, we're going to get our fair share, a large fair share. Remember, we rank terribly. We, we get back the least amount of money we're number 47 in the states getting back of what we send to Washington. Shame on us. Now, that's happened in both administrations. Remember, we have two federal uh, Democratic senators. Even under the Obama administration, we get a fair share back. We've got to push to see we get our fair share back. And one of the major issues is transportation, not just the, 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 the tunnel, the upgrade of our rail lines, the upgrade of our road systems. We've got to work on that. It's an important aspect of New Jersey. It merely means to the future of New Jersey to have better transportation. Real
0: quick, before I let you go, transportation in southern New Jersey, is it different? Big difference. Quick,
7: uh, go ahead. I don't have rail transportation from Ocean County to get here uh, to North Jersey, but I do support that. But we need money for the infrastructure of roads. Take Ocean County, two north-south roads, Garden State Parkway and Route 9. Route 9 is two lanes through two-thirds of Ocean County. Shame on us. Route 70, two lanes through two-thirds of Ocean County. Shame on us.
0: Senator Robert Singer represents the 30th legislative district. He's been in the state legislature for 28 years. And uh, Senator, I want to thank you for joining us and always keeping the conversation civil and respectful regardless of people's political point of view. We need more of that. That's my commentary. Thank you, Senator. Thanks a lot. Stay right there. State of Affairs will be right back right after this. I'm Steve Adubato.
3: To see more State of Affairs with Steve Adubato programs, visit us online at stateofaffairsnj.org. If you would like to express an opinion, email us at info at caucusnj.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PhD. And follow us on Twitter at Audubato.
0: Steve Audubato here on location for State of Affairs. We're in uh, Camden, New Jersey. We're sitting with United States Congressman Donald Norcross from the 1st Congressional District. Uh, Congressman, before we talk about public policy, And life in Washington, just tell folks your connection to Camden. Personal, family?
5: Yeah, well, I was born here. My father was raised here. My grandmother had a bakery right down on Kane Avenue. And I've lived here for the last decade. And it's a great place to live and certainly a great place to uh, look to the future of what America has to offer. It's right here in Camden.
0: Congressman, let's do this. The the role of the federal government
5: Mm -hmm. in
0: helping to revitalize Support cities like Camden, Newark, Jersey City, wherever you want to talk about Trenton, New Brunswick. What is that role as you see it?
5: Well, the role that the federal government plays is not that unusual When you compare it to state government, we all have a stake You formerly served
0: in the state legislature.
5: I was in the state Senate and Assembly for a short time but it's to serve those residents So whether it's job creation, there are many things we can do on the federal level from tax credits to creating grants uh, so that uh, the fire department can expand and keep uh, the people here safe. But it's also about creating an atmosphere for jobs Mm. to make sure that Camden City, just like any other town or city here in the state of New Jersey, has the uh, economic engine to create jobs. You know, it's the best social program you could ever hope for is a good job that pays the bills and family can have health insurance and retire with dignity. So we set the stage, but it's up to the local environment to build it.
0: So we talk a little bit about the mood in Washington, about political polarization, divisiveness. Yeah. Are we as divided and polarized as many of us think
5: we are? At times we certainly are I think, I think that stage has been set by the president. You know, the president is the leader of the free world and when you see such divisiveness coming out of the White House, it sets the stage for not only the federal government, but the state government. Um, nobody m- wants to assess blame, myself more than anybody else want to make sure that we come together. You know, the idea of being polarized during election season, we understand. But after...
0: We have, the, excuse me, we happen to be taping just a few weeks before the midterm, if you yeah. will, elections. Yeah. But so, it feels like war sometimes between Democrats and Republicans, not a civil discourse with people who have different ideas about how a government should function. It doesn't feel like that very often,
5: Congress. Yeah, we just came out of the hearings for Supreme Court justice that... Uh, justice Kavanaugh. I, yeah, that we don't look at as one of the shiny moments in our democracy. What was so bad about it? Well. We weren't looking for the best and brightest. We weren't looking for the truth. At least this is my assessment. If you're a Republican, you were gonna make sure that Kavanaugh got through no matter what. It seems like many of the Democrats were looking to stop him at all costs. No matter what? No matter what, on both sides. Is that the job of a member of Congress? Uh, In my opinion, absolutely not. At the end of the day, we're supposed to maybe be elected as a Democrat or Republican from a blue state or red state. But afterwards, we're all Americans. And I think many of my colleagues tend to forget that. But it's easy to get sucked in that vortex when the guy upstairs is spewing hate yeah, left but you and right.
0: Respectfully, Congressman, you can't put it all on the president. I didn't.
5: We're all responsible well, what, what for it individual. More specific?
0: What do you think his contribution has been to the polarization in the country? He
5: sets the tone, the president, but He says the leader it's about of the winning. great country.
0: It's about winning. I saw him on 60 Minutes while well, dating ourselves. I saw him on Leslie saw in 60 Minutes. And she asked him after Kavanaugh was you know, approved he goes to the Supreme Court, why, why rub it in the faces of the Democrats who lost and say, we won, you lost. Why mock uh, Dr. Ford? Is that what you're talking about?
5: No, this is what, well, certainly there's two kind of examples. Thing. But let's go back to Charlottesville. Good people, white separatists. On both sides.
0: Yeah. This
5: what did they, is the president of the United States. When you heard that, what did you think and feel? Immediately, I thought, there's no way the President of the United States would say that, that somehow it was a mistake. But it was. It's our President who's setting the tone for the country. But
0: excuse me, Congressman, he has a significant amount of support in and around communities like this. Right.
5: Because? Because people voted for him.
0: No, but, but, but what is it you think they see in him in spite of
5: what that's, you're saying? Yeah, that's a great question. I've uh, thought about this quite a bit. Let's go back to Jesse Venture. People are upset. You know, they see on TV all the arguing Former governor
0: of Minnesota.
5: They wanted to mix things up. Then you went and seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in California. They wanted somebody to mix it up. You see this as a pattern? Absolutely. But what they found out is after one term, it was buyer's remorse that each of those individuals didn't deliver. We all want somebody who's plain speaking. You think they're telling the truth. We all aspire to be that. But at the end of the day, hate does not drive out hate. As Dr. King said, only love can do that. And I think if we look at our colleagues, how do we find that common ground together? You know, anybody who's married understands that- uh, Compromise? Compromise is (laughs) a good idea. You know, we, we don't exclusively have the right to good ideas. You know, we need to be humble enough to take good ideas, whether they're from our side or not, and work with them. And we're not
0: enemies, are we? Even if people have different political point of views. It's interesting, you have the American flag, you always wear that. You're a patriot.
5: Yeah. How
0: optimistic are you about, as a patriot, as a member of Congress, as a, um, a child and adult of this city, how hopeful are you for the future of our political system and our country?
5: We've been through eps and flows the entire history of our country. We'll get through this. But with each experience, it gives us a better view of what works and what doesn't. Uh, You know, just a few weeks from now, we're going to have an opportunity to elect the next Congress. And I think that will speak volumes of what the country really uh, thinks and where we need to go. But at the end of the day, we're all Americans. And for those who aspire to be Americans, they need to have a pathway. They need to have a pathway because we are a nation of immigrants that have melted together to make the greatest country in the world.
0: Congressman, we appreciate your time, particularly here in Camden, your hometown. And we're uh, optimistic about the efforts of you and your colleagues in Congress because we're counting on it. Thank you. Thank you. You got Glad it. That is it for this particular edition of State of Affairs. I'm Steve Adubato. This is Camden, and we will see you next time.
3: State of Affairs with Steve Adubato is a production of the Caucus Educational Corporation, celebrating over 25 years of broadcast excellence. State of Affairs with Steve Adubato is brought to you from the Agnes Varis NJTV Studio at Two Gateway. Funding has been provided by Rowan University. Choose New Jersey. Delta Dental of New Jersey. University Hospital, Newark, New Jersey. NJM Insurance Group, New Jersey Resources, Verizon, and by these public-spirited organizations, individuals, and associations committed to informing New Jersey citizens about the important issues facing the Garden State.
7: Hi, I'm Dennis Wilson, President and CEO of Delta Dental of New Jersey. You probably know that visiting your dentist and daily at-home care are necessary for maintaining good oral health. What you might not know is that your oral health is connected to your overall health. Oral health may impact conditions like diabetes, blood disorders, and heart disease. Regular cleanings and checkups allow your dentist to assess your risk and keep you and your smile healthy.
0: I could feel my lungs fill with oxygen and I got my life back. The shark
6: means to me hope, life, and everything.
3: The Sharing Network was a lifeline to
1: me when I really needed it.
4: We are an organ procurement organization.
1: The core purpose of the
4: New Jersey Sharing Network is to save and enhance lives. To honor those who gave.
6: Pay tribute to those who received.
3: Offer hope to those who continue to wait.
6: And remember the
2: lives lost while waiting.
3: For the gift of life.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: This edition of the Steve Adubato Leadership Hour has been made possible by New Jersey Resources.